Hello and welcome back to The Game Pit. This is episode 149 and we are taking a look back at yesteryear. Well, last year, Ronan. Does yesteryear count if it's one year? <laughs> yesteryear, surely. Yesterday, yesteryear. There's a name for the work day before yesterday and I've forgotten. If I could drop it in there, I'd have felt really smart. <laughs> <laughs> guest, sort of guest. Say hello while I Google this quickly. Hello, I'm the guest. My name's Matthew Jude. Uh, cool. There we go. Anything else? <laughs> I tell you what, we're lucky to get him, Ronan. He's on to bigger and better me. things. <laughs> <laughs> it's oh, oh, it's it's ear yesterday and over tomorrow for the day after tomorrow. Great. Thanks for that. Yeah, okay. Brilliant. Yeah. Right, Matthew. Yeah, he, he he content creates as he breathes. He does. He's just signed up with Rodney Smith and Chaz Marla. He is going places. I think this is the last time he'll deign to <laughs> venture into the pit, Ronan. I'm sorry. Thank you for saying Ronan's name. I had forgot it. Uh, so, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I... Uh, I'll piss off Nick Murphy's sidekick. <laughs> I'm Matthew Jew from This Game is Broken. I also do a podcast called uh, Death by Monsters. And, and now I do videos for Watch It Played. So that's me. There we go. Do you actually do watch it play? Do you? I know that you've been doing like some comedy style. I honestly haven't seen a board game or video nor made one for like a month or possibly it's dead, two. It's a dead format. <laughs> but are you going to do instructionals for? No, uh, you know, are you old crazy? Mate Smith or... That's work. That's real work. I'm not doing that. That sounds terrible. I wouldn't enjoy. Are you that. doing allegedly funny ones? I'm doing funny ones. Three. I'm doing at the moment three videos a week for Watch It Played. You know, it's gonna be good. Oh. Who knows? Mm. I might burn I mean, out might and decide be. that it's all terrible and that life's not worth living. But other than that, board games, they're great fun. Great. Sean, save me from having to talk about this. You know, I've just been so sad recently. <laughs> <laughs> the reason we have got Matthew in today is because we're going to look back at 2019. We're going to look at uh, all the regular categories that we cover, best games, under the radar, best new to you, etc. So without further ado... Shall we kick off with the under the radar category? And this one is the game that you didn't feel got the push it deserved. Matthew, you are first up. Heck yeah, I am. And I would just like to remind everyone how much you agreed with everything I said last time I was doing this on the show and how nothing was a caveat. So the game I've chosen for <laughs> under the radar, right, for this um, this Steam category, I've chosen Fairone. By um, catch up games and black uh, doobie games, and it's by about black doobra. I tell you what, it's a good job someone's employed you to do this professionally. <laughs> yes, right. <laughs> black doobra. <laughs> black black rock. Black rock. That's the one. Well, do you know what? So this is a kind of like a really, really straight Euro kind of game where it's it's really Stefan Feldy. You've got like five different areas of the board and you go in there to get points and you've got resources and you're trying to use those resources in all the different areas in a, in to manipulate them to get more resources and get points while you do it. And it's just such a good Euro game. And it's really streamlined and it's, I just think it's really fun. And I like the theme. The whole game looks really nice. The box is nice. And I just, it just, no one, I didn't see anything about it. I didn't see anyone talk about it. That box is not nice. You're getting caught up. That box is it's just it's beige. Got, it's got a no. It's got now. I have been angry at beige boxes before, but there's a nice big giant green on the front. How angry have you got at beige boxes? I got so angry at a beige box that in my review, the the owner of Renegade Games messaged me. 
Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, you've never I messaged- guarantee you that box is part of the reason why this got no attention. Well, the thing is, yes, I was going to go on about the owner of Renegade Games. Uh, it's just he never messaged me, email me back ever when I've actually wanted him to email me. Uh, <laughs> I was very angry about it. Build, yeah, building see... bridges in the gaming community. Matthew Jude, everyone. I don't care. <laughs> uh, he's never going to email me. So my box the Wreck-It is... Ralph of networking. So I just think it's a really nice Euro. It's something that I would absolutely love to play with any of you, right? And I think Nat would love it as well. It's just really, it's just streamlined and it's interesting, it's fun. And I don't think it's got massive amounts of replayability, but I'm just surprised it didn't get any love because the board the board is much oh it's great it's just a really fun the Euro reason game. this didn't get any hit now i don't want to big ourselves up ronan but we did poo poo this game in our and build up when we did our previews and i think everyone in the world listened to that and just said you know what the game pit boys don't like it we're not gonna we're the not gonna touch that one they've never played that but they don't like it so they're probably right <laughs> um I, i'm gonna put some booth construction your way as well <laughs> blackrock treat uh essen as a trade fair and they're really really good if you're in a, you know the trade and i use big huge quote marks around that for example sean i know you went to a meeting with them and and you know they've 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 given us a couple of stuff before and it's great for that for pushing a game yeah, yeah, at essen right. and having it like a booth and making it available that that's not what their booth is set up for their booth is for the designer to speak to one person at a time to really give in depth to it and i think that all their games miss a marketing push at essen it's easy to walk past there and not know what they're releasing it's one of those booths where it's difficult to work out how the booth works because there's no booth it's like it's just a storefront right and it's yeah, just like yeah. it's not like an interactive booth and that yeah i do think you're right in that regard they do suffer for that but it's not a great something game. we have to worry about this year nope. it's just been cancelled very true, but it is a but it is a fair own. It's a it's a, it's a really fun game. I do recommend it. If you like Stefan Feld, then I think you'll like this. Okay, well we'll, uh, we'll happily give it a go and uh, tell you you're wrong later. So That's fair. Mm, fair enough. So my choice is a Kickstarter game, Shark Horror. There'll be a few of them on this. It's Dark Domains from Laboratory H. It is a game that myself and Ronan and Rachel played, and we had such a lot of fun playing this one. It was a really ho- massively interactive game. Uh, and that meant one of the reasons I think it might not be for everyone is that it was group dependent. It could be really mean and not just people being mean to each other, but the game could just completely decimate you. The game, it looked great. I think it was one of those games that just gave genuine moments where you talk about it afterwards and there was so much to think about so many places to go and i like the way that the turn resolved you place down your counters and then it resolves in a certain order so where you are in that order matters massively really clever game completely under the radar ronan i know you like this one too this near missed about how many awards have we given out? About nine, about 28 times it near missed. It was just as I'm a top 10. It was just outside this, that and the other, which is, it, yeah, it was a very good game. I enjoyed it. It's slightly different. I don't think it was the tightest game. I think it shows that it's from that, that smaller studio. But if you're willing to excuse a little bit of leeway here and there, lots of fun. And the, the spells feel powerful, but actually you need to time them as well. So it's good play with crazy swings as well, but never very frustrating. So I really like Dark Domains. Good choice. What? I don't know much about this one, but it looks fun. I know that's really like not the most intelligent sentence to say about a board game, but it just looks like it's fun. 
I, I, I can't explain it other than that. It just looks like it's probably just really fun to play. Just so, yeah, I would like to play this with you guys if I had some point it, if possible. It's funny because the gameplay itself is fun, as in it's got that bouncing backwards, forwards, there's a bit of nip and a bit of tuck. But the scoring's quite tight and actually quite predictable. So you're actually scoring in a Euro while you're playing this fun Avatic game. I'm interested. And you've you've got you've got a load of control over what you're actually doing because um, the heroes are going to come out and attack certain buildings in the game. And so you, you know what's going to come out and hit you and you're sort of vying for position to make sure it's not you and somebody else. But then on top of that, every now and again, the game just gets up and slaps you across the face and goes, have some of that. And it's it turns out it's quite funny, but I don't think it's for <laughs> everyone. No. Okay. My under the radar goes to Inuit, designed by... Four people and from board and dice. <laughs> I know why you've chosen not to say their names. <laughs> One's called Tragranic. Uh, <laughs> that, there you go. Okay, it's uh, it's about you're running your own village in the the north of uh, the north of the American continent, and you start off with a very basic setup. And what you're going to do is draft in people into your village, but you choose where they go to, and wherever you put them is going to make actions more powerful for you so you can build up a village of hunters you can build up a village of shamans or or people who i don't know lots of different things and there's, there's lots of ways it's basically set collection to score points but also it's highly interactive so you're taking cards off each other you're drafting before them but also each of the cards has got its own color and your village will have a color and you want there to be villages of your color in play anywhere but especially in your village and you don't want other players but there are ways to send villagers out to get killed because it's harsh life and it looks really really beautiful and it's very well produced and it's a smooth gameplay and it has got everything to be a big hit i don't know why it missed it just was one of those who got lost in the sea but inuit the snow folk if you see it grab it it looks as though the box now i don't know if board and dice have done this before and i absolutely do know that they've done this before i love board and dice i'm really excited about many of their releases this year but that box is the biggest waste of space i've ever seen in my entire life it's a deck of cards this game and it comes in a ticket ride size box it, that's that's a bit of a and this is a reprint isn't it of um an older game is it not sure it's a it is it's a reprint of natives <laughs> which is an old game <laughs> It's okay. giving you the chance to say this, which is interesting uh, that they did this. Um, I haven't played this, but I do like all the different. I do like that kind of set collection kind of stuff. So I'm interested. I would love. To, I would like to play it, and I think it looks really, really nice as well. Uh, see, I, the it's the box. Are you talking about the box size? I thought the box cover was just quite bland. I'm, no, I'm a big fan no, of board no. dice. Stop you talking. Shut no. up. It was no, invalid. Won't allow that. Bland rubbish. Didn't stand out of the crowd it made me not want to play it and I really like board and dice stuff so normally I'm all over it I demand one. everyone presses pause Googles the box of Inuit the Snowfolk <laughs> and then Sean abuse on Facebook and Twitter for saying that is absolute rubbish and you're wrong you are wrong Sean because it's a beautiful looking game it really is you so just, you just call them Snowfolk it's called Inuit the Snowfolk are you looking at the wrong box no, no not at all I just thought it was a bit offensive Snowfolk well, they did. There was some talk of controversy during the uh, when this game came out and stuff. But uh, haven't they got a cultural advisor listed in the rulebook? Yeah, exactly. I think they had some backlash uh, culturally about it, but then I think they made their case, and everybody said, "Oh, fair enough." But then again, yeah, I don't I know mean, much about it. We're, we're we're Irish. We're the drunk folk. <laughs> oh right, just just throwing some racism. <laughs> Speaking about drunk Irish people, our next category is overrated. <laughs> Things to say about this. I've got some big opinions coming up. 
<laughs> Sean, you stole my choice. I didn't choose it right. You stole my second choice. Whatever. This one was right so, there for me. We have reviewed this one. It's Imperial Settlers, Settlers of the North from Portal. Now, are they settlers of the north? Are they snow folk or not? I don't know. Should we ask? So they're snow folk adjacent. <laughs> <laughs> they know the snow folk. They I hang see. out sometimes. They are non-folk. Um, so I really wanted to like imperial settlers. One of the major problems I had with imperial settlers is you got stuck into on is tracks. it rubbish. <laughs> That is rubbish, yeah. You got you got stuck into tracks. You couldn't really work out what anyone was doing, and it didn't really matter what they were doing because they were running their engine. You're running your engine. Every now and again, with the raise token, somebody would attack you, but whatever. So I saw this one. Big cards. It was a lot more open. Looked like it was going to be a lot more involved. And what I got was a game that finds the pattern far too quickly. You're, you've got your set um, factions, within within the game and it finds that pattern way too quickly and you all sort of follow your your factions pattern and you do what they're supposed to do it just became boring which meant that the game was on rails still too hard to understand what everybody was doing and did you really care what anyone was doing because eh, just meh again massive disappointment and i just don't understand why this game gets the love it gets because i just it doesn't seem like a finished game to me can I just double check that you said big cards, so it seemed wide open? Is that because the cards were actually big? <laughs> Is that how you rate these things? I like big cards. <laughs> I like a big cards that fits on my hand properly. I want a big card. <laughs> I already spoiled that this was my second choice for this. The only reason I don't think it's overrated, because it's only overrated by certain voices, and there's plenty of people out there saying it's a pile of old, yeah, polar bear I... poo. I must prefer Imperial Settlers, the original. I do like Imperial Settlers, the original. Get out! I do enjoy that. Uh, with certain people, I don't want to play it all the time. And I, I do think it's fun when everyone's in the mood to play it. But uh, and I loved, I was really excited about this game. It just, it just to me, felt a bit like... I don't think it's a bad game. But it, and it can be fun to see your deck do what it does. But your deck does what it does. And it doesn't do anything else. You're right? So they do just, do, don't they do? That's what I just said. <laughs> and I feel as though the game kind of just is whoever can get their engine started the quickest, right? It wins. And that's just kind of what it feels like. But yeah, I don't know. Terrible. It, I that's think right. it looks, I love the look of it. I don't know. Is it because of the big cards? I love the big cards. They're wide open. That's what they I'm are wide about. open. They are wide what open. What does that even mean? This game, my overrated, has got really small cards. Now, I don't know if that means Sean's going to like it more or less. No, they're, really too, they're too narrow. They're too narrow. <laughs> it's one that we've given a good kick in, so this really is going to be quick. But Paladins of the West Kingdom. You're wrong. Is, is 110. He's ranked 110. No. It's Great just... Oh, it's a puzzle that gets boring. It doesn't change enough. You end up doing the same thing. Get your green huts across as quick as possible and then rinse and repeat. And it's just, it's okay. Paladins of the West Kingdom is all is the game Orleans wanted to be. Oh, ah, you. Ah, 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 shots fired. <laughs> take cover, take cover. It's like they saw, they saw all the problems with Orleans and went, we'll do this right. And they did. It's a great game. Shut your <laughs> I've got nothing else to say. I think this is the end of this podcast. What's your opinion? <laughs> I, I know where you live, Jude. Don't forget it's that. True. What's your opinions on uh, architects 
out of interest, both of you. I like Architects quite a lot. Uh, we've I've just got the expansion. It's waiting to get played in the next month or so. Ronan, so. Ronan likes it more than me, but I do like it. I thought it was um, it was the right length. If Architects was any longer, I think it probably wouldn't have been as great for me. But it just hits that forty five minutes to an hour mark. It's interesting because I didn't like Architects, but I like this. So I feel like there's a divide there that I think Shem Phillips kind of designs games with different people in mind and it often is the case in his trilogies that people like one of them and then don't like the other ones and i just find that really interesting because yeah i didn't like architects very much but then again viscounts looks cool well i don't know what i'm talking about because what we need to talk about and everyone is wrong (laughs) and i'm right marvel champions is the biggest example it's not an offensive game. It doesn't upset me. But it is the biggest dime a dozen I fight the bad guy card game. And if it wasn't Marvel Champions, if it was anything else, <laughs> no one would care. Star Wars. Yep. If it was Star Wars, people would buy it. It's the people are buying the IP. People are buying it's people want to do a collectible card game. That's Marvel. That's all it is. It's it's just the most average you have three damage. I take four damage. I'm going to get some more health and some defense. And I'm going to... It's the most bland. If it was any other IP, really, I feel, other than, like, Star Wars, I think this game would have absolutely disappeared. No one would play it. If it was, like, completely on, like, uh, uh, not linked to any IP, no one would have played this. But it's just because it's Marvel. It's the only reason anyone plays this. I agree with you to a certain point in that... I'm not a, a living card game fan. I don't like those fantasy flight games where you're collecting deck after deck after deck. I don't yeah. particularly like the to and fro and the sort of zero-sum nature of them. But what I will say in this one's favour is probably the most accessible. And with that licence and the accessibility, you're not... Con- I mean, there are obviously words you have to know what they do, but the keywords and what have you. But I yeah. found this one a lot more easy to get into. But I still wouldn't buy it. It's just not my thing. I don't particularly like those games. The rule book is excellent. I'll give him that. The rule book is phenomenal because it's done out like a comic book and it's really easy to follow. And it kind of like, they even, the way they print the game, the first scenario is all printed in one block and it's all like sealed together. So when you open it, you don't have to open anything else. All that kind of stuff's great. But man, if this was anything else, no one would play it. I just, it's just, there's a hundred games like this and there's nothing special about this one other than Marvel. There's a big gameplay issue with it in that there's a big gaming space in which it just extends forever so when you're bad at it you're going to lose if you get really good at it or really lucky you're going to win and there's a massive space in the middle where the game hasn't got a very effective timer and Mm. because the game sort of gets slightly harder if you're playing for too long but you're equally getting slightly better you can match pace with the game and you can end up play the game for two and a quarter hours and that is too long for a game like this so i agree with you there are issues with marvel champions the main issue being it's massively the most overrated game of the year well done matthew nailed it <laughs> paladins of the west kingdom okay <laughs> shut up i'm so away from <laughs> away from the bad i'm back to the good and this is where we take a look back and pick out one game that was published before 2019 but we played first in 2019 as a recommendation so sean pluck for us 
I shall pluck Dinosaur Island, aka Jurassic Park, the board game from 2017 and Pandasaurus Games. As I said, it is Jurassic Park, the board game. I had played Dulasaur Island. We we got it in uh, Essen, I think, last year or the year before. And Dulasaur Island, it gave me the taste. And I kept thinking about, oh, I wonder if the Dinosaur Island is going to give me sort of a, a more meatier sandwich to to get my teeth stuck into has to be about food i know so the art style was what put me off originally i didn't like the garish or neon graphics but play after playing jewelosaur island i sort of got my head around it picked up dinosaur island didn't look back loads to do but it's all broken up which makes it a lot easier to get into and get your head around really thematic feeling a little bit of luck tucked in there and who doesn't like building dinosaur parks i really enjoyed dinosaur island and i still do it's good it's good. I played that. I played it with you. I played it a few times. It's it is a really good game. It kind of feels like Dinosaurs, the Uwe Rosenberg game, and I really like that. <laughs> it's it's really fun. I like it. I hated the artwork initially before playing Dinosaur Island, so I never backed this, and I got confused between this and Dinogenics, and I was waiting to find out which one was better to come out after you know people have played it a few times. Very good point. And I can't tell which one's better. So I've just sort of stuck going, oh, the theme doesn't appeal to me that much. No one said these games are great, apart from Sean and, you know, his opinion. So I haven't bought either of them, and I'm not that fussed. Just in Dinosaur Island's defence, I think sometimes it's a bit blown out component-wise and all that kind of stuff, and I think it kind of went, you can get a 90s slap band in it and all that kind of nonsense. But when you actually play it, it is just a really satisfying game to play. That's that's one way I'd describe it. It's it's a lot of fun. Ronan's going to mention a game he hasn't mentioned on the podcast before, so what's that, Ronan? (laughs) In in the podcast? 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 (laughs) If you're going to be being a smart-ass to me, make sure you say your words right. Very briefly... The best game I played that wasn't 2019 in 2019, and you've all heard it before. Remember it. Rumble Nation. Play it. That's it. it. It's incredible. I played it with you, and it's so good. I was blown away. And every every new mechanism that came up, I had to stop and say, I literally looked at you and said, oh, man, that's so cool. <laughs> it's such a good game. But you game. were saying that to me a lot anyway, Matthew. I was like, wow, look at that. It's massive. <laughs> Have his boobs out, and again. then I put my baseball cap away. Right? <laughs> uh, yeah, I completely agree. It was actually would have been my choice if I didn't know that Rodan was going to put it down there. So, yeah, Rumble Nation, really, really good. I, 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 it, it's so good; it shouldn't be that good, but it is. It's a very good game. I have about sixteen choices for this. <laughs> <laughs> so narrowing this down was super hard because I could have said Jumbo, I could have said Limes. Yeah, but you didn't say any of those, and you're not going to. Well, no, I'm not. I could have said Vikings. That's a really good game. But I've said uh, Stone Age and Cyclades. I did pick two. It's like you're paying to your gallery here. It's like you've gone, Sean, here's Stone Age. You love that. Ronan, here's Cyclades. You love that. It's just, I played Cyclades the first time, and uh, I played it uh, with Sean and with Luke and with Dan Hughes and stuff. And, oh, man, I just finished playing it and thought, this is so good. It's not what I expected. It completely took me took me by surprise. I was like, I I was like, oh, fine, we'll play it. And then I played. It, I was like, this is so good, and because it is a fantastic game. And we played it with the Hades expansion, which I really would recommend as well. I think it's fantastic. And uh, Stone Age is a classic for a reason because it's just really really fun. And if you, you've ever missed it and not played it because it's an old game, do yourself a favor and play Stone Age because it's just really fun. 
I concur with both of them. As you know, I, I introduced Stone Age to you. I couldn't you, believe yeah. you hadn't played it. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and uh, yeah, Cyclades, <sighs> fantastic game. If it wasn't a three-player plus game, I would probably own this game. I would definitely own it. It's fantastic. Well, now that I own it, you don't need to because I would come around your house, there'll be three players and I'd bring it with me. So oh, have you, have you bought it? Yeah, I got in the maths trade, mate. I'm all about the maths trade. <laughs> you you are, he's gone in. maths trade. Trade a monster. Ronan got me into the maths trade. He explained it to me. Oh, Sean, sorry. Sean explained me the maths trade in a car journey for 45 minutes. I looked at him and I said to Sean, I said, look, could you explain maths trades to me? He did. And now I'm in. I'm so mm-hmm. heavy. I'm so deep in. I can't look back. Maths trades are the way of future. No one should buy a game ever again. They're great. <laughs> Beautiful. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Stone Age is very good. Cyclades is fantastic. And you're right, especially with Hades. And Titans mixes it up and it's all oh, super groove. Right, Shawnee, lead us onwards. So now we're going to go into best production or art or a combination of both. Ronan. A combination of both from me because I'm a bit of an ignorant Philistine and I never really get that excited about the art of a game too yeah, much. So. <laughs> so this is really Sean's category. He's the only person you should listen to. <laughs> but my choice is Tainted Grickler. Grail. <laughs> I like it. I like a Grickler. So anyway. do I. I love it. <laughs> Close France, man. He's ace. Because it works. Yeah. <laughs> but... Leading in, nice segue, Matthew, into this Tainted Grail from Awaken Realms because they have gone for a particular look, which is a dark, decaying, Celtic mythological look, but kind of almost transposed slightly into a fantasy world. But it also, functionally, they have made the components work with the mechanics of the game. They've made your stats and things like that very, very clear. They've done a clever use of cards for the combat system, which I'm currently not loving the combat system, but the way they've done it in terms of production is very good. And on top of all of that, as well as having impressive art, having it all linked into the, to making the game actually easier to play, I'm actually going to say, incredibly unusually, there are stories within the game. You're not constantly reading things out, but sometimes you're reading stories out, you know, little snippets, and they are very, very well written. And... You know, how many fantasy games have you played and you're reading or you're in a dungeon and you meet a jailer? These have actually got surprising moments in them where you've made choices and you feel like, oh, that was an actual choice. And what I didn't expect that and and descriptive passages that really bring home what's going on in front of you and bring you into the atmosphere. So overall, for production, for looks, for the quality of writing, which is incredibly unusual, Tainted Growl is a fantastic production. Tainted Grail seemed to me to be the kind of game that you could go and get instead of getting Kingdom Death Monster, right? And it just felt like it kind of filled that niche. It just looks really, really good. It just undeniably looks awesome. The minis are really good in it, right? Well, I I didn't, um, you know, I didn't get all the minis. (laughs) I don't care about minis. You get these men here, which are really cool. They're the massive statues that sort of power the land. And then you just have your own little adventurer ones. A few of them. There's not a lot to it. I got got a base package. So I'm I'm sure that you can get all sorts of funky goodness. And speaking of um, King of Death Monster, it's funny you mention that. Sean, did you buy it for me yet? (laughs) Not yet. Not yet. They've made the whole lot available for sale, Matthew, for $450. That's incredible. I might just get it. <laughs> I, don't want it. <laughs> I, don't, I can't afford it, but I feel like that's a good deal. <laughs> I'm kind of like, oh, okay. 
<laughs> I put it. I've bookmarked the website. Put it that way. Shawnee, any thoughts on Tainted Grail? Tainted Grail is it's, it's awake and realm. So everything they do, they kind of put their heart and soul into. Whether the game's good or not, I, I don't know. But it, it certainly looks beautiful. They like to tell a story with their games. They're very good at storytelling, as we learned from This War Is Mine and things like that, where they really sort of evoke that feeling of the war torn. Um, city and people the people living in it so i have no doubt that the storytelling in this is fantastic and from afar the artwork looks beautiful okay before we go to matthew let's jump in quick i've been whinging about awakened realms and this has just reminded me uh about lords of hellas that i never got it because i missed the pledge and i couldn't have been there. anyway i sent them an email i said look mate what's going on guys have my money back they went yeah all right no worries and they sent all my money back to me so that was cool happy Woo-hoo. ending thank you Awaken Realms. Matthew, your choice for best production or art or both. Well, I'm on Kingdom Death Monsters website. It says $400 now. That's pretty good. (gasps) Sean, get it for me. (laughs) There's a UK warehouse. (laughs) But there wasn't shipping available from the UK warehouse when I last looked. Check, Matthew. Check. It says free domestic shipping from a UK or UK warehouses. But go into the actual buy thing and it was there. Is that the technical Yeah, you know, when you put your shit and and you go, oh, oh, I love... I know this is something you always say to me, Ron. Are you ever going to play it? I've, Shut I've, up. I've Shut your choice while he looks at that. <laughs> I've seen people learning this game at, at LobsterCon. It took them three hours to learn it. The rule book is over 200 pages long, if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> that's not a joke. So, my best art production is... I can't tell if I'm horrified or turned on. Anyway. Bit of column A. My, my pick for best production or artwork is Unmatched. The restoration game uh, remake of Star Wars Epic Duels, I believe, where you're going around fighting your friends around a little board. And it's the complete opposite of anything I'd normally like as well. And I think Unmatched is absolutely incredible as a game. It's one of my favourite games. And it's just the artwork. on The minis are really, really nice. And they're not massive or massively overproduced. But for what you get and for the price point of the game, the minis are incredible. And they come with like a... Like a, I don't know anything about painting minis, but they come with like a contrast, like primer paint thing on them, so they they look really nice. But the artwork on which, and most of those words are wrong, and I appreciate that, but they look good. And um, but the artwork on the cards themselves is just so good, and I just you look at the cards, and honestly, if you got a, a sheet of the cards. I would frame it and put it up like in a game room. The cards are really, really nice looking. And the, I really like the look of the boards themselves. The board's functional, but it's, they're really beautiful and they look different. Everything about uh, Unmatched from a production standpoint, I think when you match it with the price point of the game, I just think they did an incredible job. And I don't know how they did it. Such a good job for the price point of the game because it's like less than 30 quid for the first volume of Unmatched, and it's just really, really good. And you get a bunch of minis. I really like it, but I also am, might be slightly biased because of how much I also enjoy the game. But Unmatched would be my choice. Thoughts? Am I right or wrong in believing that all the card art is slightly different styles? So depending yeah. on what character you get. Yeah, yeah. So I think that in itself, it, for me, is a little bit hit and miss. But the, the, game, the production of the game, as you said, is... It's great. I didn't think it stood out massively for me, but then I haven't played it as much as yourself. But yeah, yeah, Yeah. I can see see where you're coming from. It's definitely a good production. It it just works really well at two players. And I've got the Bigfoot and the Robin Hood expansion. 
and I've also got the uh, Bruce Lee expansion. So, I mean, it's pretty cool, let's face it. Well, was this, like, released only to media people? Because it's got 32 ratings on Board Game Geek and three Crazy. comments. It's insane. It's such a good game. <laughs> but no, like, no one's playing. What is it? What, I've shut up and sit down, yourself, Secret Cabal, Dice Tower, whatever. They'll talk about it. But well, I do put uh, myself at the same level of all those entities, correct? But Oh, yeah, um... you're as bad as them. Uh, <laughs> but just, this doesn't exist. What's going yeah, on? I'm just surprised because they've got, I mean, I know that they've, they've got the license for Buffy. There's going to be a Buffy expansion. There's gonna, they're doing a Jurassic Park expansion. because they They're not with... if it's only got 32 ratings, mate. They're, no, they're, doing they're, they're like being made. They're selling this game, but it's just not getting... They're definitely selling copies. They're, they're selling units. Because, it, I mean, at every convention I've seen them, they've taken a ton of them and they keep on selling out at conventions. But you'd think you'd have more hype because it's the reprint of a game that everybody wanted. One of those Grail games that was never going to come back into print, right? So it's like... But yeah, it's a weird, it's a weird uh, mix there. But I seem to, I always see it sold out places. And like Volume Two's coming out this in the next few months uh, as well. So that's going to be four new characters. I'm going to get it. I love the game. I really, really recommend it. And it looks amazing. It is a good game. I will, I will give you that, Mister Jude. It is a very good game. And so my, my choice, unlike your is, choice, <laughs> um. It's a game I actually haven't played. I've never played this game. I don't own it. I will own it because... Your I've... choice is invalid. Let's move I on. I was going to say invalid, but <laughs> you beat me to it. <laughs> but the, the, I do know the look of the game because I have looked at the artwork and the artwork is absolutely beautiful. It's kind of evocative of those years gone by, like in the 1920s when you get those railway posters like come and visit Cornwall and a picture of a train coming coming into Cornwall yeah. Station and that kind of... And, and I think they've obviously gone back because the national parks in America use very similar um, poster campaigns back in the day. So they've, they've kind of taken that and run with it and it's absolutely stunning. Every bit of artwork in that game is beautiful. I don't know what the component quality is like because I've never played it, but just for artwork alone, it's beautiful. I'm worried. And by worried, I mean I actually don't care. But I <laughs> get... I just have the opinion that this is a really simple, bland, boring game hidden behind some really nice art. But I'm happy to be proved wrong about it. And the way they went about their second Kickstarter with releasing three separate games in three different boxes and all this kind of stuff, I found that all a bit strange. And I feel like they're selling artwork and they're not selling good games. But I haven't played it, but it just looked very dull to me as a game. Uh, from a gameplay standpoint, but I can't deny the game looks beautiful. I echo Matthew entirely. <laughs> I have got a weird one for you, though, right? Now, I never like to diss other content creators, okay? And I love the Dukes of Dice. I absolutely love them. I listened to them for years. But I just listened to an episode they had where they did a board game death match because you know, everyone's struggling to put content together. We can't play match, play games as much. And they got in people from another podcast, and there's five of them, and they chose a category, and they drafted in games from that category, and it was IP games, right? And mm-hmm. then they were going to have a death match of the 16 games they chose, and it was a head-to-head, and people would vote, and whichever got the most votes got to go through. You with me so far? It's celebrity deathmatch. The yeah podcast, but for I so they had like you know Outer Rim and uh, War of the Ring and Battlestar Galactica and all that. Before they started, two of them said, "Well, I've never played like thirteen of these games." 
<laughs> and then the very first thing when they were voting, it came down to two people, neither of which had played them. And they were like, uh, so I think maybe I'll go with like that one. <laughs> the Juice and Dice do really good content, really good reviews. And I, I think they're very insane. But that one was like, am I really? I found myself listening to a podcast about people who never played the game deciding which one was better. <laughs> I thought we were the only people who did that. It's okay normally if you play if you know the IP but you don't if you know the game but you don't know the IP like but if you don't know if you know the IP but you don't know the game that's slightly more difficult. <laughs> it's just well, I don't I know the movies are good. <laughs> cooking today. Listen to it after a while of this actual. What am I listening to anyway? We can move on and I'll stop being mean. Should we move on? Yeah. yeah, why not? Why not? Right, so we're going to move on to not usually in my wheelhouse. But, so it's the type of game or style that you usually don't get along with, and it's kind of bucked the trend this year, and it's made you like it for some reason or another, otherwise known as Sean finds an abstract puzzle game that he quite likes. That's exactly what's happened. I <laughs> uh, <laughs> have you played Tack? It's great. <laughs> I I'm, it's so good. Uh, I'm the first up with this one, and I am a lover of dry, dusty, dirty euros. Women. And women, uh, <laughs> if they'll have me. But I played Cthulhu Death May Die. I don't care about Cthulhu. I don't have any interest in that kind of mythos. I don't care about miniatures that much. It's fine if they come in the game, but I don't seek them out. I don't like Simon as a company particularly very much. And I... I just there's nothing about this game I should like, but Cthulhu Death May Die is absolutely incredible. <laughs> it's so good. So it's like a co-op game where you're trying to stop Cthulhu being summoned, and you're running around these mansions killing cultists. Yeah, everyone's got special powers that are fairly tastelessly done, but as a game, oh, it's it's just so fun. It's tense. It's ridiculous. You can like when you get hurt, you get you power up, and you could do big moves, and then you you kind of like Benny Hill running around and thing being chased by sixteen cultists, and then all of a sudden you're on fire. Are they uh, in bikinis? They are, and that, well, it depends how you paint them. Uh, and there's and but no, in Simon, yes, they will be in bikinis. <laughs> but it's just everything I don't like. Not it's not it's not everything I don't like about games. It's everything I don't normally care about in games, and I was just. And I played it and thought, I just had so much fun playing it that I just couldn't deny that it was a good game because it's just silly fun. And it's re- it's, it's just really, really good. So Cthulhu Death May Die. I've only got the main game. I haven't got the second season and then the extras and then the extra, extra promos and then 65 other promos that are going to come out and then season 17 and stuff. Because in the first game, there's like seven chapters you can play through. And I feel as though that's enough game to keep on because it's not easy to win. And I just, I'm not going to play it enough to need to get the second series of it or anything, the second season. But man, it's really, really good. Have you, have you played it? 
I haven't. I actually, I was listening to Mike um, on Sporadically Bored with Dan talking about this game, but I couldn't remember what the name of it was. So I actually PM'd him on uh, Facebook or BGG or something and asked him. And he, he wasn't sure himself because he likes so many Cthulhu games. But I think yeah. we, narrowed it, we narrowed it down to this one eventually after a bit of conversation. And uh, he, he really rates it highly. I've watched your review on this, Matthew, based on... You were one of the few people that I've known that actually covered it. And uh, yeah, I'm I'm well up for a game of this. It looks right in my wheelhouse. Yeah, at any time, I would love to play it. With, actually, with both of you playing this game, I think that would be an absolutely brilliant time. I really do. I feel like I don't need to own it because Sean will. <laughs> <laughs> and and I don't want to got it. Oh, man, I need you. Oh, no. <laughs> Welcome I'll to the club, to Matthew. Sean, I'll lend it to Sean, and then it, you Sean will tell me it's in London, and I'm like, fine. At least I know I feel it's like safe. It's... <laughs> Cthulhu, it's light, it's funny, it's rules light, it's a good crack, it's co-op. He's going to buy it, so I don't need to decide either way, because I'm going to play it. That's that. That's the last thing I say about it as well, actually. It's it's really accessible as a game to play, which is super nice for this kind of thing as well. It makes it kind of like easy to get to the table, I think. Oh, it's great. Cool, cool, cool. Right, so my choice is a puzzle game, an abstract puzzle game even, and it is Robin of Loxley from Rio Grande. Very simply, you if you know how chess plays, you are basically using the knight's moves from chess and moving around a grid of, uh, I think it's five by five, and you are collecting treasure, but you're collecting treasure to perform tasks which are around the edge of your grid so it might say you have to have three pink treasures or a pink and a green or and they're all they're all different things um be in the corner of the grid be next to your opponent so you've got to plan ahead you've got to keep thinking about how you're going to do things and really simple but engaging game more than one way to go because you can trade in the treasures in sets to get coins and then you can pay the coins to bypass some of the tasks very satisfying and a few arguments in in the households based on it can be quite mean but i really really enjoyed robin of loxley i've played this and i agree it's actually there's something about this which is really satisfying to play. It's it's fun, and you think just because it's you just move in the way you move on the balls, like what can you do and stuff. But it's, it's, yeah, it's really really good, and it's one of those kind of games that you know that Uwe Rosenberg's probably had on his shelf for a long time and just tried to get published. And he's just because I, I know the company uh, Worm Gold, I think they're called or what they're called. The other company that did it with Rio, yeah, uh, with yeah, Rio that's Grand. right, yeah, yeah. And it's like basically they they had to start that company off because Uwe Rosenberg just said I've got too many games I need to start publishing them myself as well because people can't people can't publish the games fast enough and this was one of the first ones that they went with and yeah it's really for what, for what it, the simple kind of like the way the game is it's it's fun it just is really it's fun yeah I like it yeah it sounds fun mate and it's one of those things I think when you play as a couple there's certain games that you both click into and that is always going to push your enjoyment up by one or two notches right and it, if it suits the both of you and you and you're both having fun and you're equally matched and it's great to find a game like that yeah so but i was a know. little bit worried because after hengist uh, when uh, yeah <laughs> two players you know, we, we promised never to mention that name <laughs> oh my god that was atrocious that's why i don't look in the mirror before. and say it three times a viking will appear behind you <laughs> A crap one. If that's the kind of game I always have to remind myself is not good. I always see it. It's like, well, it's Uber Rosenberg. It's five quid in this thing. It's like, no, Matthew, it's not. It's a bad game. 
don't do it, Matthew. But this, this, don't. Uh, don't do, this Robin Alox has got that kind of like exactly what you said, uh, Ronan Valley, is that it's got that kind of thing. If you can play it with someone, you equally match them. Like it feels a bit like how you can just play Lost Tri- uh, You can play Lost Cities with someone over and over. I can anyway. Play Lost Cities with someone over and over and over again, and it's like there's not that much to do, but it's just satisfying and fun each time to try and like outwit your opponent. And this definitely has that going for it. Oh, I love a bit of Lost Cities. Okay. It's bloody good. Oh, my choice is a game that Sean turned up with one evening to the house. He said, I've got tiny towns. Let's play this. And I was like, oh, God. It looks, looks so terrible. tiny in his, in his monster hands as well. <laughs> Every town is tiny to you. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's an AG. It, tiny towns. Like It's a generic name. He was like, yeah, you're building up your town on a grid using colours. I'm like, oh, God, this sounds awful. And it blow me down. It was really, really good. And it is, as he was saying, a spatial puzzle, but a clever one. There's drafting. There's interaction. There's variety within the box. And it is just hit on all levels apart from the presentation and the silly name. But other than that, Tiny Towns is a fantastic game and definitely one I think that serious gamers are likely to overlook but could get a lot out of it for a little palette refresher for 45 minutes or so because there's, there's actual proper game in there. I agree 100% with what you've just said. It's I think it's fantastic. Don't get the expansion, it's pointless, but the actual main game of it is just... Yeah, it's just so much fun. It's a really, really good little game that's devious in its complexity, especially when you play with the first lot of cards and you go, oh, this is good. I'll do a cottage and a well, and I've got a little strategy. Then someone pulls out a bunch of different cards and you go, oh, no, how am I going to... Where's the well? Where's the well? I can't make room now. Why is there no well in this set? And the thing is, this game as well is like halfway through you go, you look back and you go, I'm not winning this. I'll tell you that (laughs) But everyone's thinking the same thing. Everyone thinks they've screwed up so early on. It's great. It's such a fun game. I, I think the key mechanism that just turns it from a, a run of the mill, eh, that's quite good to, oh, that's really clever, is that one where you're picking up the, the cube. Well, I'm going to build with yellow this turn, and everybody else has to now place a yellow on their board. So they've got the, oh, where do I put this? And it's... it's watching everybody else because you're trying to scupper them at the same time as building your board up. I love that mechanism. I think it makes the game. I think it's a very clever game. You're right there. Just quickly, you are right there because if that if the game didn't have that, it would be solitaire and it would be boring. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. That whole interaction is what the, makes it's it. completely interactive in that way and that's what makes the game. You're absolutely right, definitely. And also it allows for different levels of play in that you can just play to build your own thing and go, well, I need a red, and that's how we play yeah. it, and, you know, play with Caitlin and that. But then if it was just Sean and I and Rachel playing, we would be killing each other. We'd be like, what's the worst cube? Now, I can live with a blue, but blue would really shag you. Blue. And then just look at him and maybe smile. Mm. Okay. okay. It goes back to Tangon. There's me playing with Natalie. Oh, it's a lovely game. <laughs> Just a nice little Get over serene it. game. Right. It's not a nice game. <laughs> Play it not with you and Rachel, it's not. <laughs> oh, I'm going to tell Rachel you're mean. Right. <laughs> We're going to move on. Speaking of mean, for our last category, because this is going to be in two episodes, by the way. We thought we'd do quick one, two quick ones rather than one long one. We're incapable of a long one. Uh, so the top ten Yay. of the year is coming next episode, hot on the heels of this. But we're going to finish off with one that everyone seems to enjoy every time, and we certainly enjoy doing it. It's our three 
biggest disappointments of 2019. I'm, that I'm, does... I'm already. I just. I forgot that this list was here. I just scrolled down to look at these games, and I'm so angry already. Good, good. We're gonna have a good fight. It's good. Um, it's not the worst games because games are bad. Go to a toy shop and buy some games. They're awful. These are ones we actually had some hope for, yep. and yet they let us down. So. Sean, you're going to kick us off with your third biggest disappointment of 2019. I'm also going to give a quick mention to the 20th anniversary edition of Castles of Burgundy. Fantastic game. <laughs> Had everybody excited. What was that monstrosity they put on the on the table? It's awful. It's terrible. The problem uh, is as well, the second I knew this was coming out, I, I knew it was coming out, I immediately saw my copy of Castle of Burgundy <laughs> and I regret it. So now I'm with now I'm Sans La Burgundy. I've got no copy at all. I'm waiting for Castles of Tuscany to come out and I'm forgetting Burgundy exists. Okay, so my actual choice for the third place is Abomination, the heir of Frankenstein um, from Plat Hat Games. The whole game, it gives the illusion that you've got all this fantastic choice, but you're not. You're channeled down certain directions. You've got to... It's it's quite macabre in itself in that you're collecting dead bodies and you're harvesting them and you're going to try and create your your Frankenstein or Frankenstein's bride or something because he wants a partner because he's, he's fed up and living alone, bless him. And Preach it! <laughs> so he... You, you kind of channeled it and you think there's all this choice, but there's no, there's no real choice. You're making some quite questionable choices within the game, whether, whether it's very moral or not, will bypass. Then after that, it is a quite an intense game in terms of you're building up resource after resource and it's really hard to actually build the body parts. And then it's really hard to complete the body and get it ready. But then right at the end, you have to roll a random set of dice that may give you the body part you need or uh, animate it may leave you not getting the animation or the body part that you need or may even take away some of the body parts so after probably 45 minutes of work you then go to animate some of your corpse and you might lose the whole thing brilliant well done plaid hat another game you've unfinished (laughs) i would find that so aggravating (laughs) <laughs> to play i really don't like hard work undone by random chance it really really mm. bugs me and i was very interested in this game because i like that macabre kind of look right and i i find that fun and interesting but you are you told me about this game when you played it and i was like oh we could play because i saw it at your house and i was like oh we could play this and you were like oh let's play anything else <laughs> <laughs> if that little plaid hat symbol in the bottom corner of a game Hasn't functioned as a warning sign to you yet, Sean. I really don't know what more they can do to drive you away. I mean, how many times have you whinged about them on this podcast? Oh, but they keep drawing me in. They've got such good ideas. That's the that's the frustrating thing. Their ideas are fantastic, and they just don't pull it around very often. When they do, I think it is amazing. Like, I really like Dead of Winter. I really like yeah, I love- stuff stuff fables i really enjoyed like the family really really got on with that two of our favorite games but it's very rare that they put it together i was just thinking that because dead of winter is i really do love dead of winter i think it's i've had some amazing like memories and like moments in board games playing dead of winter it's so much fun i'm interested in forgotten waters i am interested in that's their new title i'm interested but of i of course i am because it sounds yeah. brilliant <laughs> I, but, okay. but i'm doing 
what I think is a smart thing. You know, is I'm going to wait for you to buy it, and it's three players and up, so you need me to come around to play anyway. So I'll just wait and see. <laughs> see, it's Matthew's learning, Sean. He is you learning. need to learn from Matthew's learning. And Plaid Hat, <laughs> after Summoner Wars, may as well have shut their doors down. Okay. My number three has already been discussed at length and I'm the fool here because I was sucked into believing it was something different. It was a change. It was work on the system that it was different enough to make it good. And that is Imperial Settlers, Settlers of the North. Z Garcia, you lied to me. It is not that different and it is not very good. So we've covered that one already, but it was in my top three disappointments. It would have been in my top three as well if you hadn't chose it, I think. I just wasn't, well, I, I, I was just really wanted something from this game and I would just go back and play. I'm just going to play Imperial Settlers instead, if I'm honest. My, well, I'm sorry about that as well. It's true. My, it was, it was going to be here or, 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 or elsewhere in the disappointment section. So, it, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I was going to rant about it somewhere. My pick is uh, Azul Summer Pavilion, which. Why it exists is is just that's the end of the sentence. Why does this game exist? <laughs> What's the point of this game? The answer is money. That's what you need to know. That's what it is. It's a cash grab, right? It's Azul's really popular, and Stained Glass of Sintra was fine, and then everyone was saying, "Yeah, but Azul Summer Pavilion. That's going to be the gamers Azul. That's the real Azul. That's the Azul you've all been waiting for." And I played it, and I thought. It's better than Stained Glass of Sintra, I'll give you that, but it's not as good as just original Azul. The best one by a country mile in this series is just the original Azul. And this just had a bunch of hype behind it as well because everyone was talking about it as the game as Azul. I was like, this is going to be cool. But it's the opposite of the game as Azul because the original puzzle in Azul is so satisfying and fun and interesting and backstabbery and devious and fun and funny. But this is just, you can just kind of take anything, put it in your little thing and score some points. It's its not gamery. In It's so much more wide open and there's so much more things, more options. And you don't want more options in this game. You want it to be difficult to do things because that's the fun of a puzzle game, that it's not easy. This just seemed like, oh, I guess I'll just take this and this and I'll take this and then I'll take these. Fine, whatever. It just kind of waters down the original concept of Azul. It adds like some special bonus powers and this, but the bonus powers you have to work way too hard to pull off. They're not worth it when you get them. And so you might as well just ignore them. And there's just too many ways to score. It's just, it takes all the bits and that I like from original Azul, the pattern building, and just kind of, you don't feel like you're pattern building in this one. You feel like you're just dumping tiles into different bags in front of you and hoping to get as many points. The, the winning strategy for Azul Summer Pavilion is get as many tiles as you possibly can. That's the only thing you need to do, and you'll probably win. Whoever gets the most tiles wins. That's the way this game works. And that's, it's just such a miss, and I was super excited about it. And yeah, Azul Summer Pavilion just was an absolute miss for me. I didn't like it at all. Massively disappointed because I was super excited about it. Yeah, I I had no ambitions for this one at all. We've got it because Nat really wanted to pick it up when we were at uh, Aircon recently. It was on sale, so she, she picked up a copy. But I have no hopes for it. I'm happy with original Azul and yeah. Sagrada. Those two games will do me fine in that genre for the rest of the days because I love them both. And they're both fantastic. And as Rona said and yourself, it's just a cash grab now. So Azul has become 
the pre-Marvel Cinematic Universe superhero movie franchise. In that people like the first film, but the studio execs look at it and think, well, the people like this film because they like the villains and the special effects. So let's give them 10 more minutes of special effects and another villain in part two. And then a third villain in part three and a fourth villain in part four. And they've completely missed the point of why people liked the first movie like the first as all. We like the tightness. We like the fact that I sit there and I know there's five moves left and I'm looking ahead to the five drafts going, right, what am I going to get left with? What can I least screw myself over? In the next two iterations, they removed that and they thought what we wanted was lots of shiny tiles and that would distract us from the fact that we're not actually making any serious tight decisions and they're wrong. So this is the Sony Spider-Man to the MCU. There That's a perfect analogy because what they've done is they've taken away all the stakes and the threat is all gone because you just you'll be fine. You're going to be fine. Yeah, you know because there's two villains fun. and you know, it's, it, it, it's forget about the depth and and the actual thoughts and and the caring. It's just about the bright colours. Yeah, because if you mess up in the original as all, you can lose by like fifty points. <laughs> you can be like, I got like thirteen points this whole game. If you do like really. It's just oh. didn't they change the official rule for old original Zool and say the first tile doesn't cost you or something now? I don't know. I feel oh. like they eased up the pain in the original Zool as well, just to you know really <laughs> add to the fact that let's just make this completely anyway. Okay, now my second one. This is a complete cop out. Now to be honest, apart from my last choice, I didn't. This was a, a, a year of good games to me, and it was across the board good games, and I struggled to get really amazing ones, and I struggled to get real big disappointments. So I've chosen Crystal Palace for my second place. Crystal Palace is a fine game, and I'd play it. I wouldn't want to play it too often. I don't want to play it too much. But I just had really high hopes for it. I remember that when we did our treasure or trap for Essen, Sean. We were super excited. We loved the theme, the fact mm-hmm. it was in London. Yep. We still see the historical areas around there. The, the, what it looked like, the placement of the dice. It turned out, to me, there was a, a bit of a lack of tension in the placement of the dice. The game all forced everyone into a middle path where you all had one or two inventions. They didn't necessarily trigger off anything else. Everyone had kind of similar money amounts. Uh, some of the game was almost irrelevant. And... <sighs> It was just a bit middling. Now, it's a decent game. I recommend, if you like the thought of it, to give it a play. It just didn't hit the heights. It was a victim of my own anticipation. So my second most disappointing is Crystal Palace. Less world trade fair, more just standard fair. <laughs> mm. I'm going to have to think about that one. That's quite deep. <laughs> I'm a genius! <laughs> this looked to me how you described it just, which is why I wasn't interested in it. I'm on the fence still. I still need to play this a few more times. I only really played it two-player. Uh, so, Matthew, I might force it upon you one, one of the days when we finally do get he to play games again. He might make you play Crystal again. Palace as well. Hey! No, but seriously. I absolutely would play it. It just doesn't look bad. It just doesn't look that interesting. I think there are interesting things in it, but whether it comes together is, the, is my worry, whether it all kind of forms a cohesive unit at, by the end. Here's, here's my final worry for Crystal Palace that I'm going to get nostalgic the further away I get from my plays of it. And I'm going to be like, oh, maybe oh, it was quite good, actually. Oh, yeah, actually, oh, yeah, Crystal Palace. And I'll play it and it'll crush my soul again. Well, I was thinking they were going to get relegated for the next season, mate. And the thing is, they've never been the same since the 90s when they were really at their prime. Uh, sorry, not that Crystal Palace. Why is they going to bring in full players, though? What's, what's he thinking? Uh, <laughs> my... <laughs> 
Here he goes. <laughs> so my pick for uh, my second most biggest dis- my second most biggest disappointment. That's the sentence I'm using, and I'm sticking to it. Is era or era medieval age. This era game. medieval age is about the war between Gaelic warlords <laughs> and and the Normans and Strongbow. That's what era medieval age is. <laughs> good point. So we'll go with era. That's a very good point. Um, this game comes in a giant box. It's got all these wonderful, massive pieces that you're putting onto these like pegboard kind of things, and you're building up your city. And it comes to life in front of you, and it's this massive city that you're building. But really, it's the most overbloated roll and write that's ever existed. That's all it is. It's a roll and write game where you roll some dice and then you get your pieces. But instead of drawing them onto your little player sheet, you get to take a big plastic piece out of the box and put it on the board. It looks phenomenal, but it plays like, and this isn't necessarily a bad thing, but it it's the it plays just like any other. It plays like the most standard roll and write that exists, but it's just so overproduced so bloated in the production but they still managed to screw up the production so badly that they had to issue everybody that asked for them not for free you have to buy it with uh replacement (laughs) player boards or stickers to go over the player boards because they realized that you couldn't see the indented writing on on a pale yellow board it was the most disappointing experience other than one i would say in but like for what it is, I just couldn't believe how little game was in such a massive box. And it was just a huge disappointment. The problem is with the game is that if it was a roll and write that came in a little box, a little roll and write with some pencils and a pad, it'd be absolutely fine. But I would tell you to go play Cartographers instead because it's a fantastic game. This is just so unbelievably average. And I was massively disappointed because I was like, this looks so cool. I was really interested in it. Everyone was saying it was like through the ages, but it was actually, it was going to be so much better than that. And it just didn't hit on any of those marks. Totally, totally disappointing. I would warn anybody off playing this game. It's absolute pig in a poke. You don't need to play it. You shouldn't buy it. And it's, yeah, it's, and I know so many of the people who have said the same thing about it as well. A huge disappointment for me this year was um era era whatever medieval age and also it's called it's got the blandest name of any game that's ever existed (laughs) (laughs) what are you going to say about your number one you're getting more and more upset here i was angry about this game (laughs) and then i was angry at the company for how they tried to write their mistakes at everyone else's expense and were kind of really arsy about it anyway that doesn't sound great now that sounds terrible but so what you're saying really is it's style over substance. Massively. I'm in. I am in. I want to play this. <laughs> that's that's my wheelhouse, baby. Like, era Medieval Age is like eating a packet of skips. Or oh, like I like some, skips. Or, I love skips, right? But there ain't a lot of substance going on there, is there? It's all style and zing. Oh, when you eat as many as I do, there's a bit, but never mind. I, I, I do actually want to play this. I, it, it kind of appealed to the... The child and me, the toy factor in this one was was quite high. So yeah. I do. I, I would like to give it a go, but I I trust you enough, Matthew, to to believe you when you when it when you say it's terrible. 
So I need to thank Matthew because via the process of him choosing this, I found my exact gaming opposite in the BGG comments. <laughs> the person's name is Akindor and they wrote this game an 8 out of 10. Chunky little buildings locking into a Lego light board whose visibility is now thankfully improved with the must-use stickers now included in the game. So the first printing was unusable because it didn't have the stickers with it. Yeah, my version was unusable. You had to play... Oh, God. All right. Keep... Well, I'll keep going. The chunky dice are lovely. I don't care the dice are chunky. Sean does. I don't. And not as penalising as dice in other games. Right, it's wide open. I yeah. hate it. Good. There's a lot of complexity in building abilities and relations too. So what? it's so... The, the dice are forgiving, but it's hard to know how to build things. Making this a little harder to teach. Not helping. That you get a pretty little city at game's end with so many different ways to earn your points makes for a satisfying conclusion. Forget points. Whose village looks like the one you'd like to visit? Oh, God, I hate this person. Oh, no. Shoot me. <laughs> Shoot me. Bonus that the game remains playable and fun, even if you disregard the sword-rattling, resource-stealing element. Oh, so you're just ignoring all the player interaction yeah. and throwing some chunky dice on a board you can't use in a complicated game where you don't care how you score point. <laughs> go buy Tiny Towns, which is an amazing game, and go buy Cartographers, which is an amazing game. Both of those are amazing, amazing, fantastic games. And ignore this game to exist. It's horrible. I can't believe Roland found my board game geek pseudonym. I know. Can't believe I do a podcast with Akindor UK. <laughs> Guys, Shorty, what's your number two? Okay, very quickly because we've already covered it. It's Paladins of the West Kingdom from Garpil Games Renegade. Preach! Uh, I don't I don't dislike it as much as Roman does. My main problem, I actually quite enjoyed the puzzle within the game. I felt like I was really oh, no. working oh, no. hard. Oh, no. oh, no. I just said it was overrated. You said it's the second most disappointing of the year. Yeah. <laughs> like, we're wiggling room here. <laughs> I was a little disappointed in it. I'd still play wait, it. Wait, wait. I'll, I'll still play it. I am disappointed. My, my main factor I'm disappointed in it is that it's from Garpil Games, and I absolutely love Shem Phillips' designs. I've, I've, this is the first one that I've had major problems with in, in all of these designs, really. Explorers? So, Explorers? No, I like the Explorers. I like, Shipwrights? Shipwrights, it needed the Townsfolk expansion, but once you add that in, it's okay. This one was the first one I actually felt genuine disappointment. I had no no knowledge going into Shipwrights. It was the first one of his I had played. So, I yeah, I didn't realise I, I should be disappointed. But with this one, I was enjoying the process of the game. I was really enjoying it. But then when it came to the scoring, I realised it's just a bit broken. I felt like you you are channeled down two routes and they're very obvious routes. And then the thing that creates the winner or loser generally, if you're of equal sort of skill in the game, is the flip over of a card that you may have stacked up on and somebody else may not. So I might get the benefit because the card has flipped over it in my favor. It just didn't sit right with me, the scoring in the game. And, it, and the whole game just didn't sit right with me because of that. And I felt that's why I'm so disappointed. I actually enjoyed the process though. Let's face it, though, we're all buying Viscounts, aren't we? That's, well, of course we are. Of course yeah. we are. goes without saying. I am not, because I like Architects, and then, as Shawnee knows, I played Raiders, and I didn't... Yeah, Roland's not it. a big big fan. Like, he didn't particularly get on with Raiders, and yeah, Architects are really the only one that you've got on with so far. Yeah, so I'm, I haven't... 
I haven't plunged into Viscounts because also it's against the Magna Carta to do that. So I decided <laughs> I shouldn't do it. Okay, uh, Matthew, I'm going to turn down the uh, my, my headphone volumes. Your biggest disappointment of 2019, please. Stefan Feld is one of the greatest board game designers of all time. And you can as... have another preach, by the way. There's a lot of preachers coming out here. <laughs> he's building up to it. He's on. He's, he's on the pulpit. <laughs> Next to Ryan Knitzia, I'd say he was the greatest board game designer of all time. He understands what fun is, and he manages to bottle that fun and put it in a little cardboard box and ships it off right to your house. What a guy! However, Renegade Games don't care about games. I'm going to say it. <laughs> they don't. He they should don't. never have commented on that video, should he? He shouldn't have commented on my video. It was unprofessional of him to do so. I'll say it. Renegade Games. We'd, we'd like to say at this point that the game pit doesn't necessarily hold the same views as Matthew oh, no, I've insulted that he's choosing to burn his bridges on our podcast. He's just assuming no one's ever going to hear this. He's not going to do a Rodney Smith channel, is he? No. I'm not. Well, no, the thing is, right, there are a lot of uh, Renegade Games that I really, really like. Uh, and oh, I've got, climb down. <laughs> climb you know, down. There's like uh, Arboretum is an incredible game. I'm just looking at my shelves now. I do have quite a few of their games. C- Circadian's almost made my list for the top 10. I'll say that. It's That's a really good game. game. And we've just, I've spoken very highly just of all the games that I really like. I love Paladins. I like Raiders a lot. I want Raiders of Scythia probably because I'm a sucker. Uh, I love uh, Gunkimono is one of their games, which I really, really like. They've got a lot of great games, but they just slapped Stefan Feld's name on a beige box shipped it out and hoped everyone would buy a revolution of 1828 and while revolution of 1828 isn't a groundbreaking game it's not even one of the best games of the year or anything like that i find it to be a fun little game and i the game itself is just a lot of fun and it's nice to play and it's it's absolutely fine but the treatment it got as to what it looks like it looks like a 2010 Stefan Feld game. And that is the biggest disservice to this game and from a company that has the ability to produce games that look like Arboretum. Why they just shipped out this game to everybody and said, well, it's Stefan Feld, you'll buy it anyway. And yeah, that's what happened. That's what I did because it's Stefan Feld, so I am going to buy it anyway. But it's just, it just didn't get any of the attention it deserves. For that reason, it went massively under the radar and no one cared about it. I'm not. It's not a groundbreaking game, but it is a fun little two-player game that I like a lot. But man, I just can't believe the way they made this game look, and I'm so disappointed. Even more than like the gameplay of games, I'm just massively disappointed in the treatment this game got. And then that Renegade was saying that oh, they didn't have any control over the way the game looked because it's the uh, European publisher designed the box and all this kind of stuff then don't print it. Don't just, don't do it then. Why would you say, why would you take, it's like, it's like owning a restaurant and saying, well, we've got this one chef who's rubbish, but we'll put their food out as well. And every every one in 10 meals people get is, is terrible. It's just absolute disservice. And I just think they just don't care. And they just pushed it out and thought, we've got this, I felt like they had a game on that they needed to release and didn't want to, so they just shoved it out and then forgot about it, which is what they do, frankly, with a lot of their games. Castell was my favourite game of 2018. That's Renegade Games, and I will sing about Castell forever. It's one of my favourite games, right? So I do love a lot of their games, and they do a really good job, but this game they just didn't care about, and it just felt like they were contractually obliged to release it and didn't want to ever look at the game again, 
think about the game. They'll never reprint it. It's just lost to the annals of time, and it's such a waste. Massive disappointment. I mean, basically, I should have written Renegade Games on on, on the show notes, but um, I do agree with you. In Renegade, they do have this reputation of just churning through titles and maybe not sort of giving them the the care and attention that they need to push them to the next level to be sort of huge hits or what have you. It just feels like it's a conveyor belt. It feels like their games are just on a conveyor belt and they just go and that's the last they're seen of. So I do, I do see where you're going there, Matthew. It's just annoying, right? Because if if it's Clank or if it's a Garfield game, they will release loads of expansions and promos and all this kind of stuff for it. And they when then when they go for and support a game, they go all out and support it and do a bunch of stuff for it, even stuff that they weren't meant to do for it. But that's a whole other story. But the fact is that most of their games they just seem to just push out and then forget about. It's like, are you ever going to get a reprint or a expansion to Castell? No, never. It's never going to happen because Renegade Games have forgot that they made it. So it's about the 1828 election between drunk Quincy Adams and Andrew Jackson, but you play as neither of those two figures. Yeah. That's well, you, a bit you, weird. You kind of play as their press officer almost a little bit. Like, yeah. kind of like It's just it's a very fun little abstract game. It's not groundbreaking by any means. It really isn't. It's not the best game of the year. It's never going to make any of those lists in a million years. But it's fun. But it's the fact that it just got treated so poorly that they never even gave it a chance. Hmm. And apparently there's simplistic historical drivel in the rule book. So, you know, avoid that. Who's <laughs> <laughs> reading that? Okay, moving on. So my and number one choice <laughs> is is actually a game, not a company. Uh, it is <laughs> <laughs> it's Reavers of Midgard from Grey Fox. Now I really like Champions uh, firstly, of Midgard. Tell us what you think about Grey Fox though, because it's become the theme. <laughs> <laughs> um, I haven't really got a lot to say about Grey Fox. But Plaid Hat! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, really, really enjoyed Champions of Midgard. Mm-hmm. Uh, thought it, I know it wasn't for everybody because of the, the random nature, but it was light enough to, to make that not really matter. So then when I saw Reavers of Midgard, I was, I was in, I was, I was on the Kickstarter. What I found was the game had very obvious choices very repetitive in that the first half of the game you have to go to a certain part of the board and the second half of the game you go to a certain part of the board and everybody is in the same spaces and it's very obvious where you go the turns took too long because there were games within games and you were rolling dice and and going off and you're doing your own thing and the dice rolling which i did like in champions of midgard that gave that element of all am i going to succeed always succeeded in yeah. Reavers of Midgard. You just, it, it might as well not have been there. They were just so stacked in your favour that you would have to have the worst luck that any person's ever had ever to not make one of those rolls. Maybe the last roll that you do just for an extra point or something, you might fail because you don't care anymore. But I don't care anymore about Reavers. I sold it at Aircon and I'm glad it's gone. I was really disappointed. I got rid of never my copy as well. really was attracted to it. To be honest with you, looked like an overly long luck fest. And yeah, that's it. I, I don't <laughs> care enough to comment any further, to be honest with you. Fair I Champions was okay, and this looked like a worse version that was longer. We're Reavers. You, I think you will enjoy your first game of this, but then you will never need to play it again. That's the way I feel about it. And that's definitely one of the ways I felt about it. This is Reavers of Midgard, not Paladins of the West Kingdom. Have you got Oh, confused? sorry. I was talking about Era Medieval Age. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, we'll move on to not only the biggest disappointment of 2019, 
We've been doing this podcast since 2013, seven years. This is the worst game that we have ever reviewed on our podcast. It is the biggest disappointment of the last decade. It is a game that has no place in the industry, was a complete waste of time in making, and do not waste your time in playing, and it is Foothills. Which oh, is come on, it's no Guild of Fools, Ronan. It worse. <laughs> You'll say Gaunt- is it Gauntlet of Fools? Isn't that oh, Gauntlet of Fools, that's the fella. The Donny X classic. It's a classic compared to this. <laughs> this is the most pointless turd of a game that is frustrating, it is straight-jacketed, it has an a pretense of variety which simply doesn't exist it is the ability to get you caught up and wrapped up within yourself so you're literally stuck and cannot do anything and the yeah. game can get stuck the point scoring is in half points and useless rubbish like that every time you do something it's more to the benefit of the other player than yourself usually and Snowdonia plays fantastically two player has a massive amount of expansions to it which means it's got endless replayability and it's a fabulous game this is a shambles this is just a pale pale shadow wrapped up in a horrible bundle of angry hedgehogs it's just <laughs> it's terrible of a sham oh man why does this exist <laughs> just a rubbish horrible worst cash in ever Terrible I got, game. I got this at Essen last year, and I've just never got round to playing it because I just think, look at it, and go, "Why am I? What am I doing? Why do I? I'm, I'm never going to play it. I'm, I'll probably sell this game unplayed and be happier for it. Close the door, Matthew, and walk away. For me, we, we played it, and yeah, I, obviously there's massive similarities with Snowdonia, and I just didn't understand why this game existed. But you could get yourself in complete dead ends in this game, and you could that you if you just just by making a slight mistake, you could end up in a dead end and not be able to recover, not be able to play the game anymore. That in 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 itself is a broken game. I, I thoroughly did not enjoy this game. I I don't think I hate anything as much as Ronan hates this, but I didn't like it. Me? Wow. <sighs> okay. But you, you don't really come come down as a thing. You're more of a, a feeling. A concept. <laughs> <laughs> right, Ma- Matthew has to run off, so we're going to let him very quickly say goodbye and, and remind us again what he does and where he does it. Uh, Everything. Well, I'm, I do. Uh, this Guy's Broker, the board game panel show, uh, which is a podcast, which is a comedy podcast about board games. Yeah, it exists. I do Death by Monsters, which is a show about monsters, mysteries, and the unknown. I do that with Paula Deming and Nick Murphy from the Brothers Murph. So it's about monsters and weird things and strange happenings in the world. And we try and have fun with it. And I do videos on Watch It Played, which is uh, this this board game channel that Rodney Smith does. Uh, it's pretty popular. <laughs> That's me. <laughs> All right, Matthew. Take care of yourself, and we'll see you for the top ten. Bye. See you next time. Bye, see you, mate. Cheers. Well, Sean, that got quite emotional. It really did. We've, we 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 ne- we normally try and make our top three disappointments sound uh, relatively calm. This uh, they're not. They're just not for us. Maybe they're for other people. But I think this time we kind of went to town. Uh no, I was quite calm about my first two. Oh, Crystal Palace, I said, is actually a fine <laughs> That's game. You, to be fair, you were. But then you were saving it up for the last one. Oh, genuinely. I checked back. It's one of the very few two out of ten games I've ever rated. The worst just, game we've ever covered. It is the worst game we've ever... We have never covered another game that I've rated a two out of ten. <laughs> that is genuinely true. And I know that because we were covering it, I made myself play it more than once. I just It was on holiday. 
there were so many things I could be doing in that cottage in Northumberland, and I played <laughs> friggin' foothills. Oh, I resent it greatly. That was my birthday week, you know. That ruined my 41st birthday. <laughs> okay, so shall we let these people go and remind them that we will be back with the second part of this episode with our top 10, so a much more positive episode. Well, not for each other's picks, but you know. Maybe not for each other's picks, but individually we'll all be very positive about the games that we are bringing to the table, so to speak. And all uh, left to say is thank you very much, Ronan. Thank you, Sean. Thank you, Matthew, even though he's gone. Thank you, everyone, for listening. You're very welcome, and thank you for joining us. And as always, we are very proud members of the Dice Tower Network. Go there for and to the Dice Tower itself for gaming goodness galore. We're on Stitcher, Spotify, iTunes, and of course Podbean. If you wish to email us, we're at the Game Pit Podcast at gmail.com. Uh, you can contact us on our Board Game Geek Guild. And please do send us in questions or ideas you have for the show. We'd love to hear them. We're on social media with our Facebook page, we have our Instagram page, and we're on Twitter at Game Pit Podcast. Thank you very much for listening, and we'll catch you next time for our top 10 of 2019. Music by E. Aaron. Matthews.